pretty and strong-headed If you're caring, not just lip-serving If you're ethics and morals and are militant about it If you're clumsy or careless or conscious or graceful If you stress on the meaningless or if you strive for awareness If I could teach you or if you could teach me or if you know it all already And I tried to say Envelopes need letters I try to say I need you like glue needs glitter And I'll tell you secrets You are magnetic Take pressure and fold or stand your ground If you know that conceding is compromising Every compromise chips you into dust If you're selfless or selfish Or narcissistically self-confident If you demand perfection Or if you see the beauty in error If you think everything at all is the answer Over iron-fisted religious terror And I try to write that letter in invisible ink And I try to say Honey, it doesn't matter what you think Welcome to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bienyash, and today I am here with... Graham from Hearing Trees. <laughs> well, welcome. We're actually uh, interviewing in the dark right now because we discovered that lights ruin vocals or sound when you're recording. So thank you very much for that. Uh, so who are you? And tell me what... I mean, I'm, just... I'm Graham from <laughs> in Hearing Trees. <laughs> I mean... What what is Hearing Trees? <laughs> Hearing Trees is a rock band from Winnipeg, and uh, I sing and write the words in the band. Do you only sing and? I play some guitar. Okay. Poorly. You think so? I think so. I think there are wizards out there, but I'm the rhythm guitar guy. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, so how long has hearing trees uh, been a thing? Um, it started like three years ago. Uh, we put, it's gone through a lot of lineup changes in the last couple years. And uh, we put out two EPs. Uh, in 2014 and 2015 and now I have uh, or now we have a preferred lineup let's say so okay. it feels like it's solid now and it's good it's the right people and not that the other people were bad or anything but different goals in life or different projects pulling them in different directions but it's, uh, these are the guys it's these good. are the guys nice Awesome, good. No, it's good. Uh, and so for people who might not be familiar with Hearing Trees, what kind of music, or what would you, how would you best describe the music? Uh, well, this might seem timely, but most people would compare us to the Tragically Hip. And uh, that's a comparison that we haven't been able to shake since we started, so <laughs> we stopped trying to shake it. Embraced it. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, he's Gordon, the hipper, probably my biggest influence but uh the music that we're making now especially with the group that we have now is uh feels new to me but it definitely has its roots in like a canadian rock kind of a cancon landscape mm -hmm. nice very cool um i'm just gonna i'm gonna ask now before i forget where does the name hearing trees come from uh, it came from a list of band names that we drew up and then chose the one that we disliked the least. It, we didn't want to spend time on a band name, so we didn't. We, we felt like it was better to choose a name and fill the band name with meaning rather than find a band with find a name with meaning and attempt to live up to it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, making it up as we go. As they say. Okay, so how does that? You like? How were you like brainstorming? You're like hearing trees. How did that? I uh, you'd have to ask my drummer. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> he gets all the credit for that one. Okay, and can I ask like what were some failed names that you guys had thought? I honestly I don't remember. remember. Yeah, it's fine. No, I just <laughs> Interesting, because it was just like I'm a hearing tree now. I'm a hearing was, tree now. And then I forgot all the names on the list. I don't. Okay, you just circled it and then burned everything. That's fine. Um, so. It's not the most inspiring story, but uh, that's okay. Um, I know the Red Moon Road when they're telling me they just like looked, they walked outside of the and their, the moon happened to be red. No, they uh, they were recording or working in a studio or something. And they went outside for a break and they looked up and at the, on the street, the street was called Red Moon Road. So they took that. That seems more. Uh, that yeah, I like that. Yeah, well, and they they they're telling me. I feel me, like we were picking straws and uh, hearing trees drew the short straw. You think so? Um, I don't know. I think I whatever works for you. Like I, I like I like hearing the the way people pick names because people who are listening, if they're struggling with that, then you know it can. Uh, you know, when it became time to choose a name, and it was like we had to choose a name because we booked a show, and we didn't have a name, and uh, that's actually how it happened, and. A couple of my favorite bands are R.E.M. and The National, and I know both of their stories involve band names chosen at random. So, uh, yeah, for the purpose, and both bands say the same thing. It's kind of meaningless. Like 
REM story apparently is that they flipped the dictionary open and they pointed and it was a rapid eye movement, so they called themselves REM. And, uh, you know, a band name like that became yeah. huge. So unless you're calling yourself something ridiculous, then I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I don't even question it now. No. I'm, I'm here in tree. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's who you are. That's what it is. You can tattoo it on yourself. I wouldn't go No, that far. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... I've heard other, I've interviewed other bands, I can't remember who now, who've also had the same story. They just like, they need, they had needed a name for, a game. Oh, I think it was Sapphire Empire, maybe. I think they're telling me they needed a name. Oh, but they have a cool name. It is really cool. Like, well, yours is cool too. I mean, oh, I'm saying that it's not cool. Sapphire Empire rhymes too. It does. Yeah. And it's I like their story. As eccentric as the ladies in it. Mm-hmm, they're so cool. <laughs> uh, if people want to read that interview, they can, but that's not what we're here for. Um, so what is a what is a, a jam session like with the gang or the band? Uh, well, we don't really jam. Okay. We discovered that we're not good at that. Okay. <laughs> uh, mostly because I'm not good at that, and I'm usually the guy they let's look to to lead a, a session. So I mean, and I'm not. Don't ask me to jam. It's, it'll be a failure. From uh, minute one to minute two, I guess, is how long it would last. Uh, I, I just, I don't write that way. And uh, it's more like we come up with deliberate ideas and then we, we write from there. So a song we wrote last week, uh, Kyle, our drummer, wanted to use a certain drum beat. And our bass player walked in and started playing uh, a riff and it was awesome. And then I said, I let's record this. I think I can write lyrics for it. And then, you know, okay. now uh, we're going to play it on September 7th at the Park Theater. So, I mean, like, that's that's more typical of how it all comes together. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like a jam session, just like minus you, kind of, because you, you need to think about it? Yeah, I, I need, we're all more, we all think about things. Like, what kind of, what are we trying to accomplish with the song, or how what the feeling or the emotion that we're trying to evoke is there's no like let's go in e with a fast turnaround or something i don't know with blues guys blues guys might know what i'm I don't, trying to I don't talk know. about <laughs> it's over but, my uh, head I don't know. that's what a blues jam at open mic is like and uh yeah we don't do that at all no okay that's fine that's fair so how is that we start we Open the song or the show, sorry, with magnetic moment. How was that song, or what is that song about? Or what emotions were you uh, trying to evoke? It's that was about relationships, I guess, and uh, so wrote it in response to online dating, which uh, I think most people now have some kind of experience with, and uh, it sucks. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Uh, Unless you get, like, really lucky. Unless you get lucky. Uh, I've never met someone who's gotten lucky from that, though, so. Online dating is, you're trying to find the perfect person, and they don't. When when you set out this list, this laundry list of, of checkboxes that your fictitious partner has to fill, uh, that it makes it harder. I just think there's expectations created in your mind of what your partner is supposed to be and if that person doesn't fill all those boxes and act a certain way that 
you want them to then the relationship falls apart usually after a week but yeah but yeah there is a magic there's always a magic phase and might not last very long but it's there that's kind of what the song's about and I sense that you were ask, gonna ask next how that song formed how did you know I I inferred from how <laughs> where you cut yourself off uh <laughs> Um, well, the song that I like to know. So. This was an interesting one. So we started uh, a couple years ago. There was an event called Folk and Word, which I'm part of the spoken word and slam poetry community here. And uh, myself, and it was Matt Moskal, had this idea to combine music and bands with poetry. And we, because I like to do poetry in our songs, uh, we decided to try that, and we jammed for that one. I just said we don't jam, but yeah, we were like, we need a new thing for Graham to do some poetry over for this event. So it was a jam, but it had a purpose. Okay. What, we're, what are we trying to do? Make something for this. Yeah. So that's how that song started. I was going to ask him, like, but you just said that you're answering it for me, so. Uh, but I didn't, it took a long time, probably took a year to get the song where it is. As you hear it, we went on tour and we were playing it. We discovered that audience would just tune it out. So we decided that there must be, we kind of like the song, but it doesn't feel right when people turn to the bar or leave the venue or just stop paying attention to you. So we... We're about to go into the studio, like, the next day, we were going to go and record it, and we went to our jam space, and we wrote new parts, we threw out things. I don't remember how the song was before we recorded it for the studio. Like, that is the, that's the version now I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to show me some dusty old demo recording of it. Or like we added, I wrote a, I wrote a pre-chorus like that didn't exist before, so that's more of our process now is to go on tour and find out what works and what doesn't and what we like. When you play something day in and day out, the flaws manifest themselves very fast, mm -hmm. and you can figure it out and solve the problem. Okay, so you you go on tour before you record albums? Oh yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We're, we've got like, we're road testing like at least six new songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you hear that never <laughs> music, uh, well possibly, um, so you should hear, listen to them live. Uh, will they be at the Park Theater? We're playing at least four new ones at the Park Theater. So okay. for people who have seen us a lot, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you for coming so yeah. much. Uh, for people who have never heard us, like we are very, very, very excited about these. They're uh, definitely like a leap forward for us, and like, we so? feel tight. We feel tighter as a unit, mm -hmm. and we feel like we feel like we've locked down an identity as a band. Good. Which the first two VPs admittedly feel like this is good, but it doesn't feel right. And now we can we can really. Now we know what we're going for, and that makes it 
really exciting to write and makes it easier to write. The songs come like super fast. Yeah, I wish I had that. Uh, that. Um, so, how did you? What made you? Hmm, how did you decide? No, actually, before I even go into question, who else is in the band? I need to talk about that first. Um, my well, my friend Kyle plays drums. Um, he, we, I was trying to form a band and I needed a drummer and he answered to Kijiji Ed and now he's my best friend. Nice. So, uh, that's Crazy. what Kijiji Ed's can do for you. Yeah. Not, um, not always the case. Be careful. But. <laughs> uh, Jamie is our guitar player. Uh, he joined band in March. Mm-hmm. And Seamus from Greek Riots, uh, plays bass for us as of March as well. So that's uh, that's the current. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, awesome, good. So now we have names. Uh, sorry, I forgot to ask earlier, but now I'm going to ask. I surprisingly remembered my train of thought. Usually I forget. Why did you decide to get into music, or do music, or perform, or be in a band? Um, I saw this band called Tragically Hip play a show. And this guy named Gore Downey blew my mind. I don't know what band. Uh, you should look them up. They're obscure, but uh, <laughs> they have some hardcore fans. Oh, really? And uh, every time I saw them play, there was just this conviction. Like, it grew the more times I saw the band. And I never missed a show. And I traveled to see them. Uh, I saw So I saw a lot of shows. And every time... It was like I need. There was there's a point where I was like I need to do what these people do. I need to go on stage and try to blow somebody's mind the mm-hmm. way that this guy blew mine. And through the years, there's been other artists that inspired me as well. But the genesis of it all was a show in 2004 that I went to from a band that I had never seen live and wasn't really a fan of until I went to that show and that's uh that started a very 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 long journey mm-hmm. that is quite I'm saying like this was not that long ago but it actually was it's like 12 years ago yeah that that was 12 years ago I dropped out of school in 2009 and I cashed my tuition check in and then bought a guitar that was my first electric guitar and I didn't play guitar before 2005 mm-hmm I came to all this very late in life, most people. My guitar player, just Jamie, just told me he started playing guitar when he was 11. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 19. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Yeah, you know, like, I made a conscious choice, like, this is what I want to do. And uh, I just completely changed my life around that singular moment pursuit yeah. of, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be in a band, I'm going to go on tour, and I'm going to play shows, and I'm going to get as good as... I can possibly get. And how do you make the decision? Like, you're like, I'm not going to do... How did you know that? Like, how did you... I had no idea. You had no idea? You're just like, you're just like this, wing it. I still have no idea. When I started, I didn't know how to play guitar. I didn't know how to write a song. I didn't know how to sing. Uh, And I was still working on all those things. (laughs) And it's all like, it's all still magic to me. Like, when my guitar player plays... How are you? 
how do you make those sounds? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's all, it's all, I, I just keep every day I learn something new. So I mean, that keeps it exciting, I guess. <laughs> does, does learning the way, or the, just how you approach music in this way, like you're not like from a young age, like learning theory and stuff, does that discourage you sometimes? Yes. Like, uh, imposter syndrome is a real thing. I don't know if that is. Actually? Like, actually, I don't know what that is. Imposter syndrome is like, uh, you do something. So you play piano, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you ever have this crushing feeling like you're not actually a piano player? Every day. <laughs> That's imposter syndrome. Like, you're doing it, and you are a yeah. piano player, and you're teaching piano, and you can play. Yeah. And people will be like, wow, you're really good. And then you'll be like, but Mozart did this when he was 22, you know, like. That's so weird. And, I was thinking about that last night. And uh, not Mozart, and but you don't, you know, you always compare yourself to people in, in music, or at least I do this. I don't know about you, but more of my peers, like mm-hmm. people around town, I'm like simultaneously in awe of their ability to do what they're doing and like very supportive and very excited for them, but also very jealous and very like. I'm useless you know like I can't do that why bother yeah why bother (laughs) and and you go see the big bands the pros you know playing to a thousand people or arena or whatever you're you get that feeling again like why why do I even why do I even do this yeah but it's a well-known thing that even famous famous uh artists deal with themselves so I I've never heard that term before though like Never. It's so interesting. And it just answers a lot up. of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm gonna a, do. It's a whole psychology thing. Yeah, yeah I'm going to put my jammies tonight, <laughs> make some tea. I'm going to read all about that so I can just understand my problems. Very interesting. <laughs> cool. I learned something in this interview. It's good. So, um, <laughs> just, okay. Um, I don't know where this is going. Uh, with Hearing Trees, uh, you've talk- been talking a lot about uh, things that you've been learning and things that you're proud of what is your proudest accomplishment with king tree so far uh origami man <laughs> oh okay what a good segue uh it just i wrote this song last winter uh and i thought it was cheesy so when i showed it to the band i like prepared them for a letdown <laughs> and i played it and then they were kind of like this is cool. Okay, we're going to learn your song. I was like, really? It's not too weird and cheesy? And uh, I felt really uncomfortable singing it. And everyone was on board. And then we, we toured it. And then uh, it worked itself out. Like, the kinks worked itself out. And the song changed quite a bit. And then we kept working on it. We went on another tour. And the results of those two tours is the video that we shot and put up on the internet Mm -hmm. and that's the feeling of like doing seven months of writing and preparation to make the song the way it is and then executing it and performing it like this feeling that you've mastered something that's you've mastered origami man and that's probably the that's probably the thing Mm -hmm. so we're actually going to listen to the song right away and I'm if people are listening to this on the website or on the blog 
I'm going to have a link for the actual video so you can watch it. Um, do you want to give anyone, before, I'll, we'll talk about what the song is about after our break, but um, does anyone, anything you want the listeners to be listening for or like should listen to or just go in just, home blind and just enjoy? Just enjoy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we, we will take a quick break and let everyone listen to Origami Man. Uh, so stay, stay here. It's a good song. Um, this is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm here with Graham from Hearing Trees, and you are going to be listening to Origami Man.
Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project. This is Ashley Bienage uh, on 101.5 UMFM. Uh, I'm still here with Graham from Hearing Trees. Hello. I'm still here. Too. Still here. <laughs> Good. Um, so we were just we just heard the song Oregon Man, something that you were very proud of, right? That was your proudest accomplishment. Um, 
we decided to not tell you anything about it before we start listening to it. Um, so now people have heard it. Do you want to kind of give us a background of that song, other than how long it took to write it? Background, like what's it about? Or what's what, it about? What inspired it, or something? Uh, well, I went to Brazil in uh, the winter, and uh, my brother-in-law has this tiny writing, this tiny, basically a closet that he's shoved an air conditioner into, and uh, he's got a drum kit set up there, and. Uh, in the closet? Yeah, in this, and you have to kind of go on the roof to get to the closet. And uh, it's a very adventurous jam space. I think it's on Instagram. I, think I might... did post yeah, a thing of me shipping on a roof to this. Yeah, yeah I think I saw that. <laughs> a harrowing, uh, harrowing thing. Um, but basically, I would go up there for a few hours a day and lock myself. I started calling it the hole. I'd lock myself in the hole and just write. And... Uh, I just started writing short stories when I was there. I just tried my hand at fiction writing, something different. And so I wrote this fictitious story about a guy who sells watches, um, but like he doesn't have any business anymore because nobody buys watches because everyone has phones. Mm -hmm. So he watches his business kind of slowly crumble as the years go by and he, he discovers his past, he discovers a hobby, a pastime of folding paper, like origami. Okay. So he makes these origami, strings of origami cranes and he puts them in his windowsills and people come to appreciate his business because it's colorful and happy. Uh, and the whole story has kind of a monochrome, gray and black and white, gray and white kind of tinge to it. And then I discovered this neighborhood called Villa Madalena, which is a fancy neighborhood with the back alleys in this neighborhood are all murals, like street art and graffiti and super, super colorful. And Sao Paulo is a very dirty, polluted city. And the contrast between those two things is incredible. So I wrote some poetry about it and I combine those and seven months of editing later we have origami man but colorful murals and the man that folds folds cranes cranes mm. oh very cool it's awesome i was thinking like is he like a man that he was like folding in on himself that's where you're going or something like that but it's cool i like the idea too though that's like it's still good i don't know anyway anyway uh so do you have any advice for beginners Oh, before on the break when we were taking a break, we we're talking about starting a band. You're saying you know, in the past few years you've been learning how to make a band. And um, give me advice for people who want to start bands or be in bands, like myself. Uh, start one. Call yourself a band and uh, just go. There's no roadmap. Mm -hmm. There's no instruction manual. Uh, in my case, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted. I had an idea of how a band should work, and that's not how it worked. Uh, and you, if you're starting out, I would say, and you're not in a band of friends, like a friend band, 
I'm very envious of all you friend bands out there. Because uh, I had to start bands with strangers and people who I had to become friends with. And in the case of James, Jamie and Seamus, like I've only known them for like six months. Uh, although touring does speed up the friendship process a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, you, I think... Advice-wise, I would say the thing you you have to be able to accept that the band you form may not be the final version of the band that you form. That someone in that band might leave because they didn't, you know, they don't want to do the kind of music that you're doing, or they were into it at first and then they lost interest, or uh, you know, it takes a while to build something where people can say, "Yes, I'm going to commit to this." And yes, I'm going to book five weeks off or six weeks off work this year to tour. And yes, I'm going to give you my money to help you do it. And like, it's taken me uh, this long to get to that point. Uh, I don't know how it all happened. I'm, to quote Don Cherry, uh, if I knew what I was doing, I probably would have screwed it up. <laughs> I knew what the end goal was and I just went for that. Mm -hmm. but it's not it feels really bad when someone leaves your band but it's not usually a bad thing so uh, it's not like you know when people left hearing trees it wasn't like there were fist fights or anything or mm -hmm. it was just like this person's going on their way and the result now is the four people that are in hearing trees like it feels like this is the definitive version of it. And this is going to be here in Trees to Stay. Like everyone's fought in and committed and we're mm -hmm. about to go on our second tour together. So I've never toured until September. I've never toured the same lineup twice. Yeah. And uh, this is the first time. So that's really, really exciting. Mm -hmm, that's awesome. So as someone who doesn't know anything about banding, I'm going to assume that's the word. It's uh, like adulting. <laughs> exactly. Banding. banding. Uh, how do you plan a tour? Oh, man. I used to lose... Oh, I can't say the word. I used to... Uh, I used to get really anxious. Crazy anxious. Like, freaking out anxious about touring. Because uh, the first time you do it, you... Is... Uh, the first time you do it is nerve-wracking and like you have no idea what to expect yeah and now i'm on my fifth tour and it's like i got this i got this yeah. <laughs> it just takes five times it takes yeah you have to just there's nothing that can prepare you uh just be conservative you know don't spend money on things you don't need learn how to learn how to not spend money at hotels it's really about building networks and making friends in other cities and uh, it's hard. It's crazy hard, but it's also exciting mm -hmm. to be able to go back to a city that you've only been in once and then have someone come out and support you that you met the last time. That really makes you feel like you're doing something good. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. I had my first person that wasn't my family come to a second show one of my shows, and I was like, wow, that's 
That's so weird. <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you wanted to pay cover again? I could have yeah. put you on the guest list. Yeah, I'm <laughs> kidding. You, like, you're like my number one fan. Um, my only fan, other than my mom. Um, but how do you know when you're ready to go on tour? Uh, you don't. Uh, you just, it's, it's like starting a band. Like, just go. Like, we weren't ready. Like, holy crap. If I showed you a video, like, I watched a video of us playing our first tour show, and it was... It was like, oh my god! Like, I drove twenty seven hours to Toronto for that, and but it it needed to happen. Yeah. Like, if you don't do that, you you need to screw up and go through the growing pains before you get good. It's true. Uh, like, don't expect your first tour show to be awesome. Don't expect any anything the first time no, to be amazing. I've learned that the hard way. Uh, yeah, you learn it the hard way. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> You have to. There's no other way. Like, it's it's kind of like, like if you're a kid and you're trying to learn how to ride a bike, you're not afraid of falling yet, are you? No. And then you fall. But the kid isn't, the kid's like, oh, who cares? I scrape my knee and stuff. Like, the kid really wants to ride a bike. Yeah. Like, all the big kids ride a bike. Yeah. So you're going to ride a bike. Damn it, you're going to learn how to ride that bike. Scrape up his leg. That's true. That's a good and, uh, example. Like, that's the kind of determination you have to have. Like, There's so many other factors when you're touring. You know, like, when we got to the Horseshoe Tavern, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I played in all the rooms in Winnipeg. And now, when you play in your local city, you know what you're going into. But when you go on the road, like, you know, I got, like, 11 shows lined up in September. Uh, there's a lot of venues, probably like eight of those venues I've never played in. So I have no idea what to expect. So you have to learn how to roll with the punches and show up and have to set up all your own sound or show up in this tiny, tiny, tiny bar where you have to like, turn your amp up like just to the most minimum that it will make sound. Otherwise, you blow people's ears out. Uh, you have to learn how to everything. Like You just... You take it as it is, and you get really, really good at setting up in really bad kind of venues or venues where music it's not built yeah. for music. Yeah. You know, and there's sure there's some venues like that around town, but it's easier to deal with it when you're in your backyard. Yeah. And that the first time when you're on tour and you go to the Horseshoe and it's like a, it's like the Cadillac of venues. You know, the guy doing sound is the guy doing sound for us was this. He toured with the Sadies. Oh, wow. You know, like, and he's the most accommodating, nice guy. But then the next day we played in Kingston, and the sound guy didn't want us. He, he wanted one drum kit. He didn't want to switch drum kits. So, I mean, you know, that's day in and day out. Mm -hmm. The next day you're not sure what you're going to deal with. And you just, you, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. There's absolutely zero that can prepare you for that. Mm -hmm. There's no practicing. There's no practicing. Yeah. The practicing is going. Because of going and doing it. You know, and you can get your feet wet by going to Brandon or playing a show in Winkler or Kenora or, I don't know, something close. You know, like, you don't have to drive to Vancouver to play your first show. Or you don't have to drive to Toronto like I did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's exciting to me. Like I love tour. Touring is my happy place. Mm -hmm. I'm very I'm a very happy person in the tour band. Like I like playing shows every day yeah. and just going to the next place and going into the unknown. Learn how to be excited about 
not knowing what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. you might meet amazing people, you might meet terrible people, but you don't care about the terrible people in the end. That It's the amazing people that really make you go out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I know, I, I always, people always tell me that, like, they feel like touring, like, just, like, validates what they're doing. Like, they're, they're going out and they're sharing music with strangers rather than just their friends that they've asked to sure, come. Sure, that's accurate. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people who go on tour, like, they're, they're taking it seriously. Like, this is actually what I want to do. Well, I, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And when you're doing what people who do it for a living do, yeah, you do feel, it does feel validating. Even if you're just playing to like two people, uh, it's part of that whole growing. You don't get to play for a thousand people in every city you go to if you don't tour. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen unless you're like, I don't know. I know. I'm trying to think of an artist that's done that. I, don't know. I can't think of any. Moby? No, I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't know um, who Moby is? No. I don't know who a lot of people are. Like, okay. don't, don't, don't. I know it's. I don't know a lot of things. Obviously, when I'm talking to you, <laughs> but um, I'm usually pretty smart. Okay, I swear I'm smart. <laughs> I believe you. You don't have to know. Knowing who Moby is is not like a test of intelligence. You know. Okay, that's good. Um, let's move on before I embarrass myself further. Um, social media. Hearing Trees is very active, I noticed. Oh, yeah? I love the internet. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> That's good. All, all facets of it, even the worst parts, like comment sections. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Well, to be fair, no one comments on my blog, which makes me really happy. The only people who are like the families of like the blogger, or people who I've interviewed, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that you've interviewed or something. But um, where can people find Hearing Trees on social media? Everywhere. I don't know. Google us or have a Tumblr as a website that I post fairly regularly on it. Poetry and whatever thoughts that I think. And uh, Facebook. Obviously, that's I go to for a lot of bands. Uh, But I'm also on Twitter and MySpace. Not on MySpace. No, that, uh, not on yeah. Reverb Nation either. No. I was on um, Reverb Nation for a little bit, and I don't like it. I didn't like the spam. I was getting with emails, and I don't feel like... We're on... Yeah, Reverb Nation has passed its, its life, lifespan. We're on SoundCloud, too. We're mm-hmm. on Instagram. But, like, our music's so... We've got a bunch of music videos. They're all on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. We've got... Um, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on, we're very easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why did you make the decision to be on so many platforms? Uh, well, I've been, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the internet and it fascinates me. So like something new comes along. So you have a Vine? I, you have a I had a, van, a Vine. A, I had a van? A, like I might try it just to see what's going on and might yeah. not use it. Like, I recognize that, like, Vine and Vivo and stuff, like, that YouTube was going to win. So I didn't do those other ones, you know? Um, no Snapchat? Snapchat, I find hard to wrap my brain around. But we will be Snapchatting on tour. So, on Instagram uh, or on, on Snapchat? 
No, the real Snapchat, okay. not the uh, Insta stories. Hey, we're uh, we're coming to the party, even though we're really late. Instagram thing. I don't know why they changed it. That seems weird. They to me. they were trying to buy Snapchat, and well, then Snapchat wouldn't sell, so then they made their own Snapchat. There you go. So that's what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I like I like the internet. Like I I spent a lot of I. My formative years as a teenager were all spent on like internet forums and Reddit things like oh before Reddit, uh, before Reddit was a thing. <laughs> uh, like I blogged for years on Blogger, WordPress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Twitter came along and it was a natural thing. So I've got like a lot of tweets, but a lot of them are before I became a band. So now I try to not post political opinions and mm -hmm. get into flame wars with people mm -hmm. uh, so I you the, right. I, it really bothers me when you get you start yelling at people on the internet or people start yelling at you i just shut it off now yeah. i don't need to i even started unfollowing very cynical very negative people who are always bashing something or mm -hmm. trying to take something down or explain Explain to the world why they don't like something. That's I don't I don't understand that anymore. Mm hmm. Makes sense. That's fine. You don't have to listen to them talk. No. And that's no. that's the greatest thing. Like with social media and stuff, you can block people. You can delete them. You can <laughs> remove them. You don't have to be like. I like, I don't think I blocked anyone. Oh, I I, I I block people that I just don't, can't. I don't need to deal with, or. I unfollow them on Facebook. Like, you know how you, you don't have to be un unfriend them, but you unfollow them. Yeah. Like my my Facebook is so clutter free because I just unfollow people. I mean, people who are listening probably would be surprised, but that's why I never like pictures. <laughs> that's uh, why she doesn't like your Facebook. Yes, <laughs> I never like them unless I'm like actually like, I I creep like crazy. Like I meet somebody for the first time, and if I if they're <laughs> I admit this, but like if their their profile isn't private or they have, I know everything. And if they accept my friend request, I know everything. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. Because that's what the social media loves me to do. I'm scared now. What did you do when I first emailed you? Um, well, I'd, look, I'd watch a bunch of videos. and um, when I, Sometimes I get like a huge influx of like emails from people. Because I'll post something on, like say, hey, I'm looking for people to interview. So and I won't look get a chance to look at everything. I didn't do that, did I? I just found you. I think so. Yeah, I think you might. I don't remember. So I, I emailed during a dry spell. Probably, and it, but it might have been during a stressful time with school. So I just like turn it off. I I turn it off sometimes. I just like I'm not dealing with that until I figure out my life and finish this this essay, or something. Um. Anyway, so what's your favorite song to perform with Hearing Trees? Origami Man. Origami Man. Okay. Well, we already talked about that. So uh, like, actually, there's a string of them now. The new ones, like when we wrote, the thing is when when Origami Man came together. We were like, this is the thing that we have to pursue. The sound? That sound okay. and that feeling. Uh, and we've accomplished that a few more times. So there's a bunch of songs that are really Will we get? I'm sorry, I keep... Perform. Yes, there's at least three of them for me that are super exciting to perform. I'm sorry, I keep talking over you. I'm just like really excited for some reason. I think the caffeine... Is there caffeine in this? I don't know. I'm gonna drink, but whatever. Are you coming to the show? On September seventh. Seventh. Is it seventh? Yeah, it is. Uh, what day, what day of the week is that? It's a Wednesday. Wednesday at the Park Theater. Yeah. At uh, ten dollars online or at the door. 
<laughs> a link on the blog post. Um, I think I can. Uh, school will have started by then. I think I can. Yeah, yeah. it will have started. Nice. It'll be a good break from the, uh, you know, the first classes where you get your syllabus and you're super stressed out. Yeah. All the textbooks. I actually just bought my textbooks on Monday, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, I can totally come. Um, are you asking me now? You can see. So I can't well, back you're out. very excited, but I you know, uh, want to make sure you're excited because you want to see the songs. Yeah, I'm actually going to ask, like, are the, the songs that you're excited about, will those, are those the songs you'll be performing at the park theater? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah? Okay, so can you hear that, guys? <laughs> when he starts smiling, that means it's the song that he Can you hear me smile? Yeah. <laughs> are we listening for it? Okay, we got to wrap this up, I think. Uh, I'm starting to get a little goofy. I don't know why. Um, there's no, and we're not like doing anything bad. I'm just like, I think because it's late on a Tuesday night and I'm tired. Um, anything you want to say? No. No? It was nice talking to you. Nice talking to you too. I enjoyed this. Um, so everyone, everyone who's listening, please come to the Park Theater. Uh, it's September 7th, which is a Wednesday. Uh, $10, either you can buy it online or at the door. If you're listening to this on the blog, uh, or you downloaded it, I will have a link on the blog post so you can find it nice and easy. I will also have a, a link to the event page on I Facebook. I can uh, plug the other awesome bands that are playing with us. Yes, please do. A uh, good friend of ours, Ed Roche, and his new band, Apollo Sons. Yeah, I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, they're awesome. and uh, Instrumental music. Yeah, it's really, really good. It is really good. Um, I, was, I was surprised. I've seen them three times, I think, already. Yeah, they're so and they, good. They've only been playing together for a few months. I've seen them a bunch of times, and they get better every time, and it's it's awesome. Uh, so they're playing with us. That's LSR LSR Thiessen is playing with us, and um, I think he's playing solo. Uh, he hasn't told me he's bringing a band, so... It's <laughs> uh, coming surprise! <laughs> listen to LSR Serenade You with his songs, and... Uh, Someone named Eric Ballard. I've never met him, and uh, excited to see what he's got. Cool surprises. Yeah, surprises so many, around. so many surprises for you who are listening. It's gonna be a good show for ten dollars. <laughs> so I don't know why I keep doing that. Okay, um, we're gonna close with the song Sahara. 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 Yeah. Sahara. Um, maybe you pronounce it differently. Um, what's right. that song about? Uh, it's really a lot of poetic metaphors. I'll let people draw their own conclusions. I don't know what to say. About <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we filmed the video at the Carberry Desert. That's really, it's really cool if you've never been there. Not the Sahara Desert? No, that's out of my budget range. You think, oh, well, I, think, I feel like you missed, <laughs> missed a good opportunity there. Vacation. Well, it's kind of like a staycation. I mean, people don't travel there's a lot of stuff to see in manitoba it's just a couple hours away like the carberry desert that's really it's have you been there no you hike over this you're like oh there's all you're driving and then all of a sudden there's a lot of sand and then you park in the thing the parking lot and then you the climb you you kind of hike for a bit and you're like there's still a lot of sand and then the trees clear away and then it's just sand really it's the you're like, am I still in Manitoba? Like, in Manitoba? It just changes, and uh, there's just sand dunes everywhere, and it's, it's, uh, it's really, really, it's, it's fascinating, and it, you can spend a whole day there. 
just walking around. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. I should go there while it's still summer. Anyway, so thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really, really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Um, it's Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. You can come back anytime. Um, bring the whole band and I'll just hang out. We'll hang out here again. Sure. It's like dead silent in here, which is really nice. I should just do interviews here all the time. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. If you missed the first half of this interview, don't worry. It is on winnipegmuserproject.com on the Friday following this interview. Um, I was probably going to say, you can download the link. Um, I'll have links for all of uh, Hearing Tree's social media, the Facebook event page, YouTube video for the Origami Man. Um, anything else you want, just let me know and I'll post it on social media. I don't know. What I'm we'll do. I think I'm a little tired. I haven't had my nap today, so that's probably why. Uh, so now we're going to finish the uh, show with uh, Sahara. This has been the Winnipeg Music Project. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bury under snow glow.